All right, then. We are finally back after a month of a break to play the adventures of the USS Reliant. We left off at a bit of a cliffhanger last time, but before we get back to that cliffhanger, our crew have our commanding officer, uh, Marcus Graves. Hello. We have our executive officer, Alenis Kendra. Hello, everybody. We have the ship's pilot, Kara uh, Junrani. Hey, everybody. I'm going to try not to get us killed. We have the chief science officer, Quentin Reynolds. I will do science to it. We have the chief engineer, Rick Tier. And I will do engineering to it. And we have our ship's doctor, Eli O'Connor. I don't think I could do surgery on a machine. That's a good point. <laughs> Did we also so, introduce our uh, chaplain? Uh, but, you know, I managed to almost forget our chaplain. You guys, uh, we, we, we have one of the mo- what I think more interesting uh sort of dynamics on a starship is an interfaith chapel uh it hadn't appeared in my mind since the original series and our ship has a chaplain mr victor waitley greetings and salutations please state the nature of your spiritual or counseling emergency <laughs> you oh and those are holograms uh... no you are so not a hologram and um the cliffhanger that we left off with was encountering uh, enemy vessels above a planet not prepared for what Starfleet would call uh, ready for first contact, but having found it that the planet had been supplied with uh, disruptor weapons by probably members of the Klingon Empire, but you can't be sure. Uh, they are Romulan and Gorn ships. You, uh, your crew had transported torpedoes uh, into their weapon bays, disabling their weapons, while simultaneously all their shields were down. Simultaneously, you transported their captains into your transporter room. Now, I don't remember exactly who of your crew was there, and that's where we're going to start, but we're going to start right after the Orion woman She's got dark hair that comes down to about her shoulders, and based on you only you only saw her sister on a on a view screen, um, and in this case you're seeing you're actually seeing uh, Matron Dara in front of you, and uh, all of you fortunately did. Uh, did take your pheromone blocker before you stepped in and the uh, her words don't affect you and you're not even sure that her pheromones would have gotten out of the shielding that you set up anyway she said oh this is interesting now uh, remind me which of your crew is there and we will begin uh, we pick up with uh, right after her line of, oh, this is interesting. Well, speaking as a captain, Kara should probably be flying this ship. That would be um, a very good thing. Right? And, oh, no, and we actually, Kara's on the bridge laughing her ass off. Don't worry. 
Okay, sounds good. Do you have popcorn? (laughs) No, but if Oakley can bring me some, that'd be great. Okay, Oakley, bring Kara some popcorn. Um, So definitely, oh, dang it, this is going to be a tough call. So I'm down there because I was going to have a line. I want Waitley down there because this, (laughs) I need intel. I know Uh, you had Larissa down there. She's your chief of security. Yeah, so Larissa would be the security officer there. I've probably wanted to bring more backup. I think Lieutenant Tardigrade is going to be down there as well. Um, let's see. I think Quentin would be a good person to have down there. I'd say Rookier would be good to have either an engineering or the bridge. And then Kendra definitely on the bridge to manage the situation in case the ships we torpedoed do anything. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to say Rick's in the engineering, just sort of overseeing and uh, everything, just checking up on everything, making sure everything is is all 100. percent He's the very. I would also say it's a hundred and it's a hundred and seven percent. Actually, remember you guys did some great work on the cadet during the <laughs> cadet cruise. He <laughs> made a end. fun and got so much out of it. And the sad thing is we have no momentum anymore. Oh, no, oh we did some know. cool things. Yep. So uh, I would say Eli is in sick bay because things could go south and be good to be on call for that, either ship damage or if something happens in the transporter room. So, yeah, I'd say Oakley, Quentin, or sorry, uh, yeah, Waitley, Quentin, Myself, Lieutenant Tardigrade. And Larissa. And Larissa. And then I'd say another... Obviously, the transporter officer that's down there. That person, too. It's a a male... It's a Vulcan in a... uh, Vulcan wearing orange uh, operations gear. uh, uh, Mustard operations gear. Side side comment. Can Lieutenant Tardigrade come prepared? What does come prepared mean? Uh, particle cannon. Uh, like sure. From, okay, so Lieutenant Tardigrade has a particle cannon like Worf did in Insurrection. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so and, he, he's standing there. He's ready. And we begin with, uh, with her saying the words, Oh, it's interesting. And Marcus will just reply with, uh, okay. Let, let me. Yeah, I kind of get it. Got back. Get back in the mode. Just a sec. Mm-hmm. I totally understand. Okay. So Marcus just reply or just replies to this. What the hell have you been doing on that planet? Uh, the response doesn't come from her. It comes from the one that you, you know that there's a uh, one of those two. Gorn is Captain End. Um, and he is, uh, the, the smaller of the two and you hear him. Does anyone, does anyone in that transporter room understand Gorn or do you, yeah. And, but you have, we have universal got a universal translator, translator on the ship. Yeah, of course you've got universal translators. I mean, um, this is a standard. he says, yeah, he yes, says in Gorn, can I eat them? And the larger of the two Gorn says, the one that your your information tells you is named Suresh, says, quiet, the both of you. 
and I tell both of them to shut up and point the question directly at the Orion. Okay. Um, she deferentially looks to the Gorn, and he answers the question, and says, "I will speak plainly." Once you return my companions to their ships. Waitley doesn't say anything, but he is definitely uh, stifling a chuckle. Wondering what's going on, too. You uh, have your uh, your metazoid ability to tell what's going on between those three if you would like to. Oh, yeah. He, he is absolutely... Um, Listening in, so to speak. Uh, let's see. Uh, I just need to pull up your character sheet. Since uh, I have opened the drive. Um, you're way down at the bottom, though. There we go. Um, Say that psychology comes in, so you have a focus. Um, this is insight and command. So 15, and you crit on a four or better. Uh, you, you crit on a four or less. Um, right now, you have two dice. It's been so long, I can't remember how to do the uh, chat command. Yeah, I know, me either. I was going to be like, Baz, how do we uh, make uh, our, our, how do we make our bot roll dice? <laughs> Just make sure I'm in the right channel. Uh, and uh, uh... There you go. That's, uh, I, I get it now. All right. Yep. It's just been a while. Holy moly! You build two momentum for the group. <laughs> Yay! At this point, holy. can he just psychically dominate them? <laughs> no, but holy moly, what a good roll! Um, we broke the scenario again. <laughs> so, um, you can tell. Um. That Gorn is in charge between the three of them. There is no doubt. And there's no way that he is letting the other Gorn talk. And is at a very heavy preference not to let the Orion lead whatever discussions are going to be had. Um, that's what you can detect from him. Orion is entertained as all hell. She feels like she's watching two different people with command ability try to establish the moment. Right? Okay. Um, and you can get from the third Gorn, one that just is uh, really get that he's kind of hoping everything goes sideways. He knows it's not going to because he trusts his commander, but he thinks everybody 
he's he's like kind of hoping it all goes sideways and that's the that's the feeling you get from each of them nord uh you can play that however you would oh he uh he just kind of tilts his head to the side doesn't say anything glances over at the captain and just kind of gives a look so marcus is kind of he's got the i had the same read of the situation so i want to get like just with that interchange i'm trying to get at which of them is the commanding officer and which of them has effectively is is establishing a dominance game over the other ones is it a mutual cooperation but seeing that it is this game i want to get the orion just to have a conversation. Okay. So I want to get the Gorns somewhere else. I don't think the Bitey Gorn is going to be of use as much. No, I want the Bitey Gorn there, but I want Lieutenant Tardigrade ready to blast him in case something happens. Mm-hmm. So I want to transport... Let's see. Does this planet have oceans? Yes. Yes, we, we so are, are there established any really tiny, really tiny specks of land that I can beam the Gorn down to in order to have a conversation? Because so you're not- you're looking at the um, <laughs> you walk over and you're looking at the uh, at the transporter console, and um, you can. Uh, you can operate a transporter console and you can read the topographical map that it's showing and you're like, yeah, I could put them on that island right there. Yeah, the only thing though is communications and the other ships because that's the thing is that if his life signs are down there, he's going to be easy to pick up, be picked up. So uh, yeah, then he gets back on the ships. So I was hoping, yeah, because we only damage the weapons, we did not damage the communication systems and probably not the sensor arrays of the other ships. So we should probably just put him in the brig. So local site-to-site transport. um, The big guy in the brig? Yeah, big guy in the brig. Okay. Um, you, uh, you indicate that to your transporter officer and the Vulcan, uh, looks over at you, uh, not even sure of his name yet, but he'll appear again. I, I like the idea that your transporter officer is a Vulcan, like your Miles O'Brien is like a Vulcan who will raise an eyebrow now and again. Um, he, uh, he, Trent, he he slides his fingers across the console, and the uh, the big Gorn, having just uh, having just finished saying, "I will speak with you plainly once you transport my companions back to their ships," uh, he disappears, and the other two are left there. At that moment, we're going to uh, flip up to the bridge, and uh, the uh, it's Jenik, actually. It's um, Ensign, what's his name, Rosso, uh, the character that Green Dragoon played. Uh, he has stepped up to the main tactical station, and he says, uh, Ander, we're getting, we're getting hailed by the Orion yeah. ship. 
So he says that to, he yeah. says that to uh, Kendra. Um, he's right behind you. You know, the command cluster is there, and you're, you're half Romulan. Um, you know him because you worked with him on the cadet cruise. Um, he he looks down and and um, says, uh, "Commander, uh, we're getting getting a we're getting a hail from the Orion ship." On screen. On screen. There is a young. Uh, she doesn't look like she could be more than fifteen or sixteen. Um, Orion girl uh, who comes on the screen. She's got the smallest Orion crown you've ever seen, and it has a blue gem in it. Her hair is. Uh, Call it a dark green, but it's more like black with dark green highlights in it. Um, and as soon as the uh, as soon as the communication is open, she says, "You will return my aunt to me immediately, Starfleet." Kara openly and- smirks at this, but says nothing. She, she, her tone is learned, uh, learned privilege. Um, she has lived a life where she, you, you can tell that she has lived a life where she does not get told no. Um, and her attitude is that, um, you will be complying. Is basically what uh, is the attitude you're picking up off of her. And what is your response? Your aunt is going to be staying with us for a moment while we have a conversation with her. After we are done speaking with her, we'll see where we stand. If you would like to join her on board our ship, we can transport you over. Otherwise, you need to wait patiently. Thank you. Gosh, she I love your looked, character. She looks over to the side, uh, off to her right. She says, cut the channel. And when she says that, you see uh, all three of those ships. Their weapons are not active. Their weapons are not capable of being active. But all three of them start to move toward the poles. Meanwhile, back in the, toward the pole where you guys, uh, where your ship is. Uh, meanwhile, back in the uh, uh, meanwhile back in the transporter room, I know you guys did not call for help. I, I don't remember that you did anyway. Sassy ship is sassy. We got no time for them. <laughs> so back in the transporter room, the big Gorn disappears, and the uh. uh the other, the other Gorn that's still there, he looks over at. He looks over to the Orion. She uh, says, "Is it worth to you know why we're here at this planet?" Well, I can t- probably tell pretty easily why you're here. You're trying to make a small conquest in order to buy your way back into the Empire. This is a long way out for you guys in really small pickage. It's pretty damn pathetic. So I will ask you how much that the uh, that the Elder Gorn 
paid you in order to implement this plan. You're obviously not doing it just because you know it's your initiative, it's your glory. No, you're being the one who's uh, being exploited to develop these pheromones that's been affecting this planet, which is causing me a really big headache. Because you know how long it's going to take uh, Starfleet to clean up this mess? They were delivering disruptor weapons, not pheromones. He looks at the pips on your on your. Uh, you sure about that, Lieutenant? I'm positive about that because I know exactly why the Gorn. He looks over to the Gorn that is still there with her. I know exactly why the Gorn paid me ten thousand standard galactic credits. That's it. Help to help them transport disruptor weapons into an unpatrolled area of space. I know exactly why we are here. There's pheromones being deployed on that planet. Are there? Do you know how the Gorn got them? No. You're not curious? No. Even if there are you? no, there are no pheromones being deployed on the planet. We did. Yeah, we have detected. Okay, side, side note for you: we did detect Orion pheromones on them during the last episode. Yes. He says, as far as as far as we are aware, there are no. We have been delivering disruptor weapons to a people on the planet who are quite. Of um aggressive. Yeah, uh, they do yeah, with those. We should do. We should do what uh, Rick here says. <laughs> Insight check. <laughs> Let's do the game mechanics. I love it. Go ahead. Someone make the roll. Okay, so uh, we're looking at. Uh, let me open up the drive. Um, an insight check is. Uh, I do have also constantly watching in case there's any danger involved, which I'm pretty sure there would be. Oh, there's definitely danger involved. Mm. So it, it's just it's a matter an, of what uh, discipline, because uh, there is an insight attribute. In, insight, and in this case, it's command. Um, you're still figuring out why she's deferring to the Gorn. Um, so your target is 12, and you... Yeah, your target is 12. Uh, constantly watching as a talent give. I have to open up the book. So it reduces the difficulty of something that is sort of... Is, where I'm trying to detect danger. <clears throat> mm, she is not an immediate there. She would not be an immediate danger okay. at this time. So I did my architect roll. So um, yeah, I got eight to seven. Eight to seven. You have two successes, which builds one momentum. Um, you think at. She is not used to being in charge. Uh, you think... Actually, no, you're sure of that. She's not used to being in charge. She is uncomfortable for reasons that have nothing to do with the fact that she's on, uh, on a Federation starship. Uh, 
she's uncomfortable. You're, you're thinking that she's uncomfortable that whoever is on her ship is on her ship without her there. That's, that's, uh, the, feeling, that's the feeling you get. You get that she's not used to being in charge, and she really thought if anybody had to explain what was going on, it was going to be Captain Suresh and not her. Um, so she's trying to figure out how to tell you what she knows and what would be telling too much. Um, so she's in a tough spot uh, in terms of the questions you're asking her is what you're getting. Um, and if you've got Waitley there, Waitley, you can tell, um, she is, um, I'm going to send you a private message, actually. How do I do Ooh. Uh, you can tell Waitley, how do I send a private message? Ah, there we go. Message. Dun, 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 dun. She is thinking about E. And a word that you don't know. That's the word she is thinking of. And back in game time chat. So Waitley knows something. I sent it to him in private message. Um, so yeah, you're definitely... This is... this is You're able to tell with insight. This is really tough on her. Um, like... When, She's trying to figure out what to say, and she doesn't know what she can say, and it's tough. So there you have so, it. When Waitley, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, no, like go for it. When Waitley gets that information, when he reads that, his eyes widen very visibly. Okay, bear in mind he, bear that you do not know the second word. Yeah, name I know. Species yet. Yeah, but I, that first word, yes. Yeah. He his eyes widen, and he immediately looks at the commander, and 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 just, <clears throat> sir, I I need to speak with you as soon as possible. Uh. <laughs> she looks over, and uh. So she actually, um, let me uh, let me make a. 2d20 roll for her. Oh, um, that's that's all the success she needed. Um, she picks up that you uh, asked for his attention right after what she was thinking about. She looks at you. She's a little bit curious, um, Waitley. She says, Oh, Betazoid probably already knows what any of us would tell you. Probably. Not sure. I'm not sure if you know where they are, our fleet. I suspect they're on the planet below us because the planet below us is directly in line with Klingon Defense Forces expansion plans. And he makes a, a a motion forward like there you have it. That's why we are here. 
That's why we are arming a group that we believe, not be, what we suspect. And she turns back to the other Gorn, and they, um, you can, they're, they're not discussing it necessarily quietly, but he is like, do you? too much and you know kind of thing so marcus uh will look to waitley sort of point his thumbs at the door like for them to sit out um then he'll look to lieutenant tardigrade and he'll ask uh do you have that bedtime or <laughs> do you remember the bedtime story you were telling me you know uh during the uh, fourth year of the academy uh lieutenant tardigrade nods and then grave says okay you tell them Larissa, look, Larissa looks at you as you step into the hallway like, Captain, what have I done to deserve this? And you and Waitley step into the hall. <laughs> I love that you guys have a Cindy reptilian as your chief of security. That is so <laughs> badass. Uh, okay, so we're in the hall, me and Waitley. As soon as we are away and safe, he Waitley very, very quietly, very lowly speaks and says uh, basically what he picked up. They're shapeshifters involved. Uh, whole population or just a few? Did I did I get uh, an impression of maybe the number she was thinking of? She thinks of these things as infiltrators, not okay. Um, she thinks of them as infiltrators, not like uh, uh, that's the best way I can say it. Actually, <laughs> no, that makes sense. Okay, so maybe like so maybe inf- um Okay, so. I had just asked a question. Uh, just trying to get the scene straight. So I just asked a question to Whaley. So like, Whaley, he was asking me how she saw them. I was like, she sees them as uh, uh, you, you, they're, they're 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 hidden. They're stalking, etc. But so. she has no idea what kind of numbers there are. Right. Okay, so didn't, so Waitley didn't pick that up. She was at, she was thinking about shapeshifters when she was agonizing over what she could say and what she should say. That's what you picked up. So Waitley uh, explains this and says uh, she does not have any idea, but apparently they are infiltrating. The impression that I am getting is that there is an extensive infiltration system going on. Could that have anything to do with what we detected down on the planet? As in the military strife? That is related to what she was thinking when you were questioning her on that. So by arming one of the factions, they could be trying to oppose whatever else is down there. Did you pick up anything interesting when you were probing the minds of the leaders, specifically anything that seemed out of the ordinary in terms of, let's just say, their humanoid disposition? They are a very angry and confrontational people. Uh, 
Starfleet would definitely disallow any direct contact with them as a violation of the Prime Directive. Indeed. Beyond also, any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, so any type of contact down there is going to have to be handled pretty carefully. Um, my concern, though, is simply why there's any kind of infiltration. It's pre-industrial uh, civilization. From what the Orion told us, this is on the path to Klingon conquest. As in, the infiltration could simply be a way of priming a group of people on the planet to make use of that once the Klingon Empire invades. So if the invasion plan gets completely called off, what's the point in having infiltrated rewarp civilization? That is a very, very good question, Captain. So I think a key to our problem is simply getting the Klingons to back off. And the question is simply going to be, how are they... Are these guys out here in to stop the Empire, or are they a vanguard of the Empire? So the question is going to be, what's going to the Big Gorn do? Or what, who's the Big Gorn more aligned with? Is he Imperial, or is he, let's just say, a or does he remember the Gorn of old? My inclination is to believe the latter. He was very eager to watch this entire situation fall apart into violence. Hmm. And, and at this point, basically, Waitley now explains everything uh, I'm, I'm, that he read from everybody. I'm going I'm to interject for one moment. Uh, Little Gorn was the one who kind of secretly hoped that he got to kill somebody. Oh, I had that backwards. Okay, yeah, my bad. That backwards. The big guy was like, his other two might fuck it up, like, badly. It's all okay. bad. <laughs> he, he didn't, yeah, the other guy was the one who seemed more reasonable. So I just wanted to make sure you guys got that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, I got that cross wires in my head. So, so that's what Waitley explains, that... Um, he seems to be a more competent uh, individual and does not seem to want this to fall apart. So he doesn't want it to fall apart, which still leaves the, uh, the, the question of whether he's paving the way or trying to effectively blunt the Klingon Empire from even getting involved in the first place. As in, is he trying to create a rebel group here? So I think we should have a talk with him. I mean, his companions are going to be safe in there. I mean, Lieutenant Tardigrade, I mean, that story will last for about three hours. It was hell trying to study for um, uh, Zeno, or my Zeno uh, sociology class with that going on. So um, I'll, I'm, I'm probably going to have to over an apology. But, I mean, it comes with a duty. Okay, let's go to the rig. Waitley nods and follows. Quentin in there too. Um, Quentin, um, you and Larissa um, actually gain like uh, a. Uh, we both listen to Lieutenant Tardigrade's story uh, point. Um, <laughs> it's it's rambling. There's a bunny involved, and there, <laughs> he, he goes on to a trip into the mycelial realm. However, what he finds in there 
is a swing set. And then there was that one time Lieutenant Tardigrade found a swing set and he really, really, really wanted to go on it, but he couldn't quite reach. And it just rambles off like that. <laughs> oh. oh, up on the bridge, three enemy or could be enemy starships uh, come into view. Um, and now that they have moved closer, uh, Rosso says... Uh, Altering industry information and everything down to you, Commander. Uh, and Kendra, you're seeing on the command console what... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll let you know that when we get back to, to that, Duncan. Um, the uh, uh, Kendra, what you're seeing is the registry information on three starships. None of them are registered to the Klingon Defense Force. Two, uh, the the two at uh, the two Varanis are registered uh, registered vessels of the Gorn hegemony, which does effectively, in current galactic politics, make them uh, make them officially KDF ships. But their registry in the databases is still reading as Gorn hegemony, um, uh, Gorn hegemony ships, uh, hegemony, uh, hegemony. Um, there's tomato, tomato there on that one. Um, the Orion ship is a listed Orion syndicate vessel. Uh, it is known as, um, a good name for an Orion ship. Uh, it, 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 we'll, we'll come up with a name for all three of these ships. Um, but what you're re what you're reading is you know, their weapons are down. They still have communications. They still have uh, they still have active shielding. Uh, you can see that the two Veranis are. You can actually pick this up, Kara, on the bridge that the two Varanis are transferring power to their deflector arrays, and they are just they're just coming into range with the Reliant and and kind of like if I if I were to pull out to space in my mind, I would just see like Reliant sitting under this planet with these three ships, just like. Uh, almost floating down through space into a face-off with the Reliant. Is there anything that those of you still on the bridge would like to do as that happens? Commander Kendra, your orders, please. The ships are closing and the Gorn are powering their deflectors. They may not have weapons, but I don't think they're defenseless. Red alert. Prepare weapons. Hi, ma'am. Prepare weapons. I love it. I love it. Oh, sorry, that just made that as as a GM that just made my heart happy. Um, and uh, uh, Marcus and uh, Waitley are walking to the brig. Yes. And then the Claxon sound. We noticed the red alert. <laughs> Yeah, um, you're walking to the brig, and what you know, um, Marcus, from intelligence briefings, is absolutely nothing. 
Okay, so we don't know about, or I personally don't know about the Undine. You pers- personally, no one at knows about the Undine except for the Klingon Empire, which is why when the when the well, name I- for them first appears in. Uh, in the first episode or the second episode, the diplomatic one uh, of uh, of the, of the Federation side. Yeah, it's the player is. A, yeah, it's supposed yeah, to the, come as a shock. Like you don't know what what do they mean by the Undine, and only then do you start to uncover more and more. So that's the same kind of moment that you guys are at right now. It just got spilled. <laughs> I. Orion, who isn't sure she should have spilled. <laughs> All right. I don't, don't, so, don't we know some things from Voyager? Well, the question, like, Starfleet knows some things from Voyager, but whether or not they would have told Graves on this assignment is going to depend. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Probably wouldn't. It probably wouldn't have been thought of. This is so out of the way. This is exactly what, like... Grave said is like, why are you at this planet? It's like, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's in the path to eventually be conquered um, by, like, you know, a Klingon conquering fleet who wants to make them a vassal state or something, but it's not their... Yeah, that's that's where where you are, is that the, the three and the three enemy factions... Leaders that are here all believe that um, uh, all, all believe that this planet has been infiltrated by what they know as the Undine. Um, you guys don't know that name, um, Marcus. Marcus, you might know um, of species eight four seven two. Yeah, that would, be, that would be more widely known. But the yeah. name calling them Undine, not something that most people would know. And I would say Marcus would not be thinking species A four seven two. He's going to be thinking, well, it's probably not Dominion, and he's he's probably going to be most worried that it's someone new. Right. So this is sort of his thing of someone is going to take a is trying to take a shot at the Empire, knowing what that entails, and is basically or coming up with like a military threat assessment of like, okay, is there someone out there who can legitimately take a shot at the Klingons? So as you're thinking all of this, the red alert klaxons go off. So he's going to just keep walking because he knows (laughs) because he needs to get to that break because he needs to have a word with that captain. I love the trust there, by the way. I I love it, too. Um, So we Waitley, will you continue walking? Yes, random Uh, factoid. The Kling, Federation Klingon War is because the Federation don't see Species 8472 as a threat, and the Klingons oh. do, and the Federation refused to join them. Oh. Yeah, so it was very... Pol- that was part of the central politics of it. Oh, yeah. So, because the Klingons were very vocal in the past 2409 about, like, well, the Federation should join us. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, um, okay, so we might have to revise that then. So this would be a situation of there's shapeshifters down there, or they think that there's shapeshifters down there, but Marcus is inclined to believe it at this point eh. because it just does not make any sense otherwise right now. 
that why would they be doing this? And it's a pretty simple thing of like, why are they trying to ferment this multilateral power struggle when the empire can just conquer the planet? Like there is just no need for this elaborate song and dance. And it doesn't okay. explain what's going on with these captains and why a Gorn is here. It is a more Romulan type of feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah. So he's gonna he's getting down he's going down to that down to the break, but you know I still like that character angle of Marcus not thinking it's species eight four seven two. It's got to be someone else. So maybe he's thinking that well. Species 8472 can't possibly be it, but what if someone else is? So he's, okay, let's go with that. Remember that Kamala. Yeah, or he's thinking new civilization. So he's not thinking it's 8472, but it could be a way of explaining what's going on with the Klingon suspicion if someone else is trying to take a shot at them. And it's from this area of space. Um, so he's going, to, he, he needs to speak with that captain. So I'm trying to say, like, when are we getting to the break? Do and Waitley. I'm just uh, Waitley. You're with him, and the two of you arrive at your ship's brig. Um, you see, waiting in a cell. He is very obviously. Uh, it's hard to say because it's hard to read a Gorn's emotions by their face. He is sitting very, uh, very straight. He's sitting up. Very straight, you know, straight backed, and um, his hands are resting on his legs. And when the two of you walk in, he says, My companions been returned to their ships. Uh, right now we're at red alert, so taking the shield down probably wouldn't be the best move. I can so, see that you are at red alert. That means that my companions probably were not returned to their ships. And, well, wait, hold on about that. If you weren't returned to their ships, why wouldn't they go to Red Alert? Oh, you see, the people that are in charge over there now in general are far less capable than Trindara at keeping things. Should she have a word with them? Probably. Right. Probably be better to send her back over, and even Captain Rend has a far better chance of his crew in line than his lieutenant who is there now. They're bodier going than him? I tell you this. I will speak with you quite plainly. I will with you as well. There's probably more going on here than you know, Starfleet. Which great house is on its way to conquer this planet? And um, in so doing, get something more for their trouble. That's a great question. Let's pick a great house that is on its way to conquer this planet eventually. Um, Torg! Torg! Uh, <laughs> Torg. <laughs> oh, no, let's see. Um, Cry Crichton is a fun one. Is Crichton? Yeah, Crichton is one that, like, I do a lot of the uh, Klingon doffing and just almost for the, um, like, on the first city, just for a little bit of um, atmosphere, and Crichton is one that comes up that's never discussed, but it'd be a fun one. Sure. Uh, he says, I guess it would be House Crichton. Their fleets are mm, Crichton. Uh, their fleets are most active in this closest parts of the neutral zone. That would be my guess. I don't have a 
I, I, I can't tell you for sure. I can tell you that it, this planet, as well as others, are on yeah on the plans be uh, so my my ultimate question is that these guys are going to be conquered you're trying to do something to interfere with that process or at least get to the point where Crichton isn't going to be taking on any unforeseen guests as is proceeding through this plan my interests are pretty simple i want this to just stop happening as in, no there worries, we very, can just get on to business. There are very few. There are some, rather, in the Klingon Defense Force and serving the Klingon Empire as a greater whole who do not yet see the danger of the shapeshifters first discovered among my people. And so, we are certain that at least one has put himself or itself on the planet beneath us, where, so, where it can end the inevitable path of Klingon, uh, when the inevitable path of Klingon conquering makes its way here, and... New recruits are wanted for the Empire. So, there would be among them. So, here's my offer to you. We've got a Federation fleet inbound, and I really don't want this to boil down just to another firefight, especially if there's something down there that we should both be worried about. So, I can bring your two crew members back to their ships, and then we work together to figure out what's going on down there. It would be preferable to have as little to do with the planet as possible. I believe you have something known as the Prime Directive. It is the most important thing you follow. Yeah, ostensibly. But at the same time, though, the Prime Directive does mostly apply to when we have a normal situation. Right now, we need to get back to normal. Mm. So that's all I'm interested and in right now. And what would be back, back to normal? normal. People uh, down there, the people down there have had no contact with uh, anyone that doesn't look like them. Um, they only know of uh, they only know of people who come from the mountains and leave gates of energy weapons and then go away. They know they're green. No. They are smart enough to use pigmentation. Uh, our, our doctors are in many ways as advanced as your own. No we, reason. We, so we have no reason to conquer these people. Beyond Empire probably have their own. You had intel of green folk down there? Yeah, we did last week. <laughs> or last uh, it's time. a month ago. It is yeah, a month yeah. ago now. So, um, wait, wait, here, wait, wait, okay, so, uh, time out, time out. They, yeah, how about, he says all they know of is green people. 
Okay. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, if you wanted to take this up as a bit of a character bit, we do have a precocious niece on one of the ships. That's true. true. So, I but mean, says, this captain may not know that there were green people down there. Actually, what he says is, um, oh, correct. Their, uh, their, their thought is that some of the people that live in the in these mountains are green. I'm certain that our that we have not been perfect. Apologize, we're not Starfleet. Neither are we the Klingon Empire. And we merely, that we merely have discovered uh, what is certain to be of interest that there is someone below who is not supposed to be there and we know through through scans the leadership of this most aggressive of the tribes of people down there at least a dozen or so are not the shapeshifter we fear but they could still be within your ranks it could still be within their ranks, yes. So here's a question. If the shapeshifters looking at getting a little bit of power within, this, or within the Klingon Empire, what might attract them in there in terms of, say, a political conference or a major event? They're a warlike people. They fight all the time. It's not hard to anticipate that they're going to fight. Um, I don't know what would bring them together. Green people didn't. So you, you've got three sides down there. So you've got your warlike people who's, uh, who's just edging to attack. The others are nervous about a defense. If you have a shapeshifter down there that's looking at exploiting a situation down the road and is looking at getting into someone who could get into power, what about fostering, let's just say, an accord, a peace conference between the different powers, bring everyone together. And maybe we can use a little bit of technology to identify who you're looking for. Like the last part, I am not interested in the politics. You're just interested in trying to get your shapeshifter. I am interested that when the um, that that when the Klingon Defense Force and the Empire arrive, there are no shapeshifters to make their way into their ranks. And by this, we will show the continuing loyalty of the Gorn Hegem the Gorn hegemony. Uh, and you can do better than loyalty. He says, quite frankly, the Orions are very easy to hire. I gathered that, but my point to you is that you're being subservient to the Empire, and you're facilitating the conquest of someone who's certainly not going to give you any credit for that exploit. You are here. You are reporting back, I assume, what you are finding. Whoever is planning this has some political stake in it. What would happen if that stake went away? What would happen... If this fell on its face and you could be the Gorn to say, these guys were idiots, you should listen to me instead. I have a way to identify 
creature if we give you the proper bees to scan. Not be done from orbit, I'm afraid. And I have not in any way trusted Matron Dara be in charge of an on of an on planet operation. So who's been down there? Sim- uh, simply uh, lieutenants, uh, officers doing nothing but delivering boxes. Don't even talk. So what if one of the people talks? You could, well, let's say it'd be hard to hide. Uh, but it would be hard to hide any of the Gorn. Why thus far we have sent only Orions. So do you have any Orions you particularly trust? I mean, that might not be the right word in a business arrangement, but. Nathan Tara, if she is not in charge, is quite trust. So what if I'm in charge on the scene and I start speaking to the locals and Maitre Dar is right there making sure I, I understand their play. it and he looks at the fact that he is still behind a security screen. He says, uh-huh. as I understand it, um, he just glances at it. He says, as I understand it, stuff is not like their command officer aiming into potentially dangerous situations. They don't like it, but they're not here. I am. So we've got a rough outline of a plan here. We're my still companions and if my companions and I can return to our ships, I think that we have yeah. a very good outline of a plan. Alrighty then. So force field off, and I'll escort you back to our transporter room with our good chaplain here. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Um, up, up above, um, uh, on the bridge, um, we're going to get right back to this is so much this on the bridge. Um, you're getting a hail again, Kara, you pick it up at the same time as Rosso. And he says, um, better we're getting, we're getting hailed again. Wait five same minutes step. and then on screen. Five minutes is a long time. So how long does it take us to get back to the transporter room? Um, with with that conversation, and get, so it waits five minutes, and five minutes feels like an eternity on that bridge. And then Rosso says, bringing them online, and it's the same little girl. It's the same um, uh, 15 or 16-year-old. What were the pictures you guys shared? It's not the – I don't – Mm, yeah, yeah, maybe, but she's got, yeah, she's got kind of dark hair with like green highlights in it. Um, and she says, it made adjustments to our reflector arrays. We are in position now, Starfleet, to, uh, triple your ship. My aunt is not returned to me. Graves can can Graves interrupt at this point? Oh, because you walk into the transporter room and um you still don't know what's going on on the bridge. 
Well, that's the thing, though, is that Graves isn't going to be asking what's going on on the bridge. I'm just thinking of this as being a serendipitous moment where he just taps his combat to let the bridge know what's going on. That sounds, that sounds awesome, because it's basically you're arriving back in the transporter room, and the transporter officer is uh, nods at everyone, and um, Larissa shakes Quentin, and she's like, Quentin, <laughs> you were in a fugue state, and she shakes you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Tardigrade seems very proud of himself, because he almost got the whole story in this time. Um, uh, but he was telling it really fast. Um, and that probably <laughs> didn't help. No, it didn't. <laughs> and the transporter officer says, it, it, when you, when you say, you know, beam them back to their ships is like, yes, 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 captain. And the, uh, the Gorn nods at all of you and the three of them, transport out of your transporter room and you tap your comm badge and <laughs> she's like if my aunt is not returned to me right now and that's the moment she beams onto that bridge <laughs> uh, the, the elder um, <laughs> I, I say the, it the once again Ryan. we are the only comedic Star Trek show um, Their shields are up. Well, let's be, or if we're bringing uh, them back, the senior Gorn back, the transporter officer probably sends a request for, you know, a, a request for transport. It, it'd be a common thing the transporter officer would do, would be like, I'm ready to send your captain to this location. Do you accept transport? And when they do that, the shields go down and their captains go back and the elder, uh, the elder Orion comes in and leans down next to her niece and goes, despite my, my family's undying love for me, I, uh, I am back in charge. Thank you. We'll be in touch, Starfleet. And she cuts the channel. And, at, and uh, I'm chuckling in character. <laughs> Once the screen is off, Kara literally falls off from the station laughing. <laughs> she holds it together just uh, long enough that they don't get to see her do it. Nice. So, and, uh, um, at this point, Lieutenant Tardigrade tries to, he goes down the court, like he, he's exiting the transporter room, but he's holding the particle cannon. He turns left. Uh, Graves calls after him. And then he just sort of pokes his head around the corner and then goes right back to the armory instead of his quarters. Probably a good idea. And as he turns around, he, he accidentally smacks several enlisted crewmen with the weapon. I like the. I like actually. I love the way you put that, Kara. Uh, it's like a network handshake between the transporters. I like that idea, um, and that's that's basically what just happened. And um, for the moment, they were asking for them back, so they're kind of expecting. Yeah. Well, they might actually listen. That little girl probably feels very proud of herself right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let her have that. I mean, it, it, it'll be a fun experience to tell the other kids back home. You see, everybody's stuck on that. Thought for her. I'm just thinking about Tardigrade with the particle cannon turning around really quickly and just smacking several crewmen into the bulkhead. 
Uh, I wasn't thinking it was that big. I mean, it, well, I mean, no, let's just particle cannon. He's a weird Carter Gray. Picked out Rick's just being a serious boy, and he's. Been thinking it would be in many a Star Trek show. This is kind of the uh, the, the the spot where uh, the the next time the the camera like comes up from darkness, it's the it's the senior staff. It's all of you uh, sitting in the meeting, you know, sitting in the meeting room of the Reliant. Um, You've just found out a bunch of information, and uh, it's uh, you know it's not that many. It's not very many minutes later. The Gorn and the Orions have not attempted to contact, but they have they have begun to repair their ships, and they are holding position. They have uh, stopped powering up their deflector arrays. So for. The Marcus is going to be a key question. It's the, before he, we would have gotten to this point, he would have wanted to check with engineering or science, uh, whoever can handle this one, if we can actually get a transmission to the fleet without them noticing that we're calling for help versus, say, calling to let them know. So just to um, make it not look like a really obvious distress call that we're sending right now versus, say, just you know, checking in, just letting them know we've got the situation in here. Um... Depend like. Um, I was about to say at this point, it probably isn't a very stressed distress question. call. I was thinking that's a science question, and um, it may or may not be a a stressed role. It may be something that you can just do. <laughs> they may okay. not be. They may not be monitoring your communications right now. Can we make sure that they're not really monitoring? So as in not Cal without being on their ships. <laughs> I mean, like just making sure that the transmission just it, it looks normal. It just looks like a completely normal encrypted transmission. They can't access it, but it's good. Like it'll definitely restart. Please saying, actually, no. Let's just send send them a standard status report. Okay. Yeah, like, standard actually, status no, 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 report should generate enough excitement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just like let's just send them standard status report. As though their fleet is already on the way, but letting him know, hey, just hold off at this distance. <laughs> You've got the situation in hand. That is the situation. So yeah, so it's just a yeah. Before we've gotten to this point, we've I, Marcus will have wanted the ship to send that status report, basically written like we've already asked the Gorn to come or the fleet to come to destroy the Gorn. But we're saying, no, we've got the situation handled in a diplomatic way right now. So just okay. stand by for a certain uh, period of time. <laughs> it, 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 the, the, reply, uh, the reply comes fairly quickly. Um, the, the other three of the other four ships in the second exploration fleet, which you know is deployed where you are three of the other four ships are just simply too far away to be of any good to you whatsoever however the defiant class uss basilope uh is on route and will hold position uh will hold position nearby in case you need their assistance let's face it a there fully upgraded go. defiant is probably worth several other ships NB. <laughs> yeah. 
So, okay, so briefing room. Kara taps on her soda before opening it. So, Captain, what's going on? All I heard was us getting threatened. A lot. Uh, by a little girl. Uh, you did the ship proud by holding it in for as long as you did. It was really funny, sir. Really funny. I hope we recorded it for you. Uh, I also hope we recorded Lieutenant Tardigrade's um, little performance down there. Because, I mean, if we need to send, you know, the Klingons, Gorn, whoever else is out there, transmission just to really get at them. Yeah. Well, our science officer, Quentin, was there. Surely he was recording it as a sociology experiment. Yes? You see a light blink on the uh, on the table in front of Larissa. She she kind of nods to herself a little bit, and she says, "Captain." Uh, uh, she says, "Captain, the uh, the Gorn Suresh is ready to patch in whenever you're ready." I guess we probably shouldn't make fun of that one uh, Orion anymore, then, huh? Uh-oh, my bike. I just like the idea that Marcus is busy thinking it over. Uh, I didn't catch <laughs> that. My uh, connection flipped out for a second. Oh, um, Ressa sees a, a light blink on the console in front of her. It's actually the meeting room table. She's got like a little tiny mini con, like a, like imagine a, like a, a pad, but like a mini version. She's just turned the area in front of her into a little pad. She sees something flash on it, hits it with a cup with a couple of fingers and says, Captain, whenever we're ready, uh, the Gorn Suresh is ready to patch in. And then Kara just said, now's probably a good time for us to stop making fun of the little Gorn girl. Orion. Little Orion girl. <laughs> yes, sorry. Uh, probably. So, uh, patch them through. Yeah, uh, Reliant, I imagine, um, because I loved the way that it worked in uh, deep, the, the later seasons of Deep Space Nine on the Defiant. Um, it it, it, it he appears next to the captain. He appears right next to you, uh, Marcus. And um, his hands are crossed behind his back. And uh, you can see he is standing there in a kind of a 24th century version of padded Gorn armor. And Okay, I hope everybody goes along with this, but Kara, hoping that everybody follows her lead, stands up and d gives a polite, although not entirely subservient, salute to the Gorn captain before sitting back down. Oh, very nice. Very nice. He, um, and you can see him as if he is there, except for the very occasional flicker of a hologram. Uh, and he, uh, you, you, uh, give him a little salute and he uh simply answers you with a nod and he uh he detaches his uh his cloak that he was wearing when you when you beamed him over it's a it's it's more like a cape than a cloak but it's like a very it looks like a very heavy 
leather of some kind like a like the leather itself is probably a, a very heavy sort of leather and um he takes that off and it, he sets it down kind of out of the out of camera as it were out of his uh um out of his holographic you know camera and says captain graves he looks at the rest of you. I am Captain Suresh. Uh, Rick T will just give a nod of... Um, he definitely lingers on looking at you for a moment. You're interesting. So, uh, Graves nods. Um, let's see. Yeah, let's just say he'll, he'll nod and just say, this is my uh, senior staff, and we're ready to get down to business. Good. You want all essence of the energy weapons that we have taken to the planet removed. We can do that if we can be assured that we have found... I suspect one member of this alien race that we call the Undeep. Originally found in the Delta, originally found in the Delta Quadrant by our very own USS Voyager some 30 years ago. A race that exists in uh, a different kind of space in our space have the ability to change their shape. And so, this, uh, he says, and this planet is on the conquest path of the Klingon Defense Force, which means they will be coming here eventually, within the next year or so, in order to make this planet a vassal state. If Starfleet is also here, it will become a problem for diplomats. I'm not a diplomat. I'm here to solve the problem. Kara Koss, at this point, it may become more a problem for generals than diplomats. Let's not let it come to that. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, I see you're having uh, connection problems. So we actually, yeah. with, him so, just, with him just laying it all on the line like that, um, giving you all something to think about. He's like, the Undine are really... St- 8472 from the Delta Quadrant and he basically just tells you, we know this is real, we know this threat is real, if you help us eliminate it we'll take the disruptors away Um, and we'll pick up there when we come back from like a 10 or 15 minute break Are we going to do a red alert? Do we get to take on a Unimatrix ship? (laughs) No No (laughs) Well I didn't mean alone Not right away Not right away um, so, okay, um, okay. so coming, uh, coming back to the meeting room where the senior staff is, uh, the, most of the senior staff is meeting with a uh, holographic projection of the Gorn Captain Suresh. Um, he, uh, he took off his cloak and, um, rela- and, and is more relaxed. Uh, when he says, uh, when you introduce these people as your command crew, he's like, and I'm going to take it that you trust them. And he proceeds to tell you all 
um, there's a species that was originally encountered in the Delta Quadrant. They are not from here. They are from a different kind of space. I don't... I'm not a scientist, nor am I a diplomat. I don't know exactly how to describe them to you, except that we call them the Undine, and they are shapeshifters. They, um, they obviously do not... Uh, they obviously do not number um, enough to invade in a conventional fashion because what they do is they they infiltrate societies believe um, just as our people um, were infiltrated by them. We believe that your Starfleet, your Federation. You believe that the Klingon Defense Force is probably already infiltrated by them, which is why we are here hopefully prevent another from finding its way into the Klingon Defense Force. So, Graves smiles and nods. He doesn't buy that these are Species 8472, but he does believe that there are shapeshifters down there. Whether or not they're infiltrating the like the broader scope, he's like, yeah, maybe that's something to worry about, especially if someone's taking a shot at the Empire, but he's really just focused on this one planet. Okay. Um, and, and the Gorn continues, he says, um, I can assume competence among your engineers and scientists, and in doing so, um, my ship has already dispatched a packet of information on what you need to scan for in order to identify these creatures. The problem, however, is scans are close range only. I do not quite trust the Orions in my employ to do what need be done. Our fleet is legendarily more competent in this and he says that um, with an inflection and kind of a nod toward you, Graves, that, um, that indicates he's giving, with that statement, he's giving you the respect that Starfleet is due. Um, he's, he's making your, some of your officers stood and like gave him a little bit of respect, and he, he just returned it, but directly to Graves. Um, and he says, uh, he says, I do, I do not know what you're capable of. Oh, uh, we'll just have to see about that. So as far as our plan goes, you have a transport point where you deliver the weapons? I do. Uh, then I would say we should prepare to deliver another shipment, but also make a proclamation to the people. I was going to suggest that you use the same sort of technology, ethically speaking, that we have. I I know that what you can do is more than what we can do. And I was going to suggest that perhaps simply go down there and look for the creature as members of race that is down there. That would seem quite prudent. So, uh, 
there's the simple question though of leads as in here we we still need to attract the shapeshifter out of hiding or into a position where we can be sure that if we don't find it it's not or we can be reasonably sure that it'll be in an area that we can search scouring the entire planet with short range uh uh, scanning could take some time and indeed not produce anything. So we need to be sure that the Indian has its attention somewhere that we can also be. So what we need is bait, but what would the creature want to find? Uh, Marcus looks at uh, uh, Lennox. Captain, may I make a suggestion? Aye. We know that there are several leaders on this planet that are attracting attention for different reasons. And we know that one of them appears to have interests and propaganda that would line up with shapeshifter interests. Isn't it reasonable to start there? That would be a reasonable place to start. We can look into more drastic uh, measures if that proves fruitless. Gorn, uh, the Gorn looks off to his left and he says, fine, activate your camera then. Give back on the signal. And the uh the Orion woman suddenly appears next to him as if uh, uh as if she's been standing there, like right next to him, and she says, Your executive officer is very smart. To guarantee that the shapeshifter is close to one of the leaders. And it is a good guess that they are close to the leader that we have been supplying with superior firepower. Marcus sort of blinks for a second because he was immediately suspecting the hippie guy, so he's just like, okay! <laughs> he's like, oh! That one! Like, he doesn't say it, but he just has that internal reaction of like, oh, I was sort of on the wrong track here, so. And she says, that's likely scenario. However, all three of those leaders bear the possibility of being compromised. You're going to need more than one team, which means you're going to need more than just your people. I have, team, I have a team ready to assist you, but as my commander has informed you, we are not uh, quite as medically advanced as your star fleet, and so we would need to come aboard your ship to uh, both have our heights adjusted and do more than the skin tinting we are capable of. Uh, how many? I've myself being one of them. Uh, I think we can manage that. Oh. She just stands back and lets the Gorn keep speaking. Um, or keep listening. She's definitely behind him, like you can still like the camera is still is now in the view of two holographic cameras. So she's actually more clear standing behind him than he is um and uh that's okay you have uh 
you have a couple of pe you have a couple of people. You have a nurse. You have a physician's assistant. Um, they're both uh, just real quick. Just, uh, just to make sure that for the people listening, uh, we're just responding in chat to uh, Eli having to step out. Ah, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about who might be able to do the medical role. <laughs> so, um, so he says, I have to agree. Matron Dara. Her uh, her team will be able to assist you. And five more bodies allows you to go further. I'm going to suggest, since my people, uh, since the crews on board my ships have to remain up here, I'm going to suggest that you find a way to send a small team to that is down there. Um, all with the ability to scan for this. Uh, all with the ability to scan for the, the shapeshifter. And then the ability to transport it immediately to your companions site to site when the Undine is found. That would seem... Quite prudent. I'd also recommend potentially having more on standby once we find this individual. Uh, who knows what type of setting they'll be in, so we may have to, to use unconventional methods for the situation. Um, would what would this? Do you suspect the technology of this individual roughly correspond to? Would we say be able to transport him out of a situation, or would he be wise to that? If they have. Uh... So if they somehow have an undetected ship in the system, they might be able to transport him away, or it away, or her away. I don't even know how to address these creatures. They are beyond our ken. They, um, their technology exceeds our own in a way as to say only that um, they are at one their technology in a way that we never can be. None of us. Um, they, they, well, use, well, yes. they use biotechnology. The equipment that we use to scan these things will have to be subtle. If we're going to go in amongst them, we have to um, have equipment that either is easily hidden or is easily mistaken for native technology. Car we also, <clears throat> sorry, we uh, also don't. Uh, Captain speaking, Dara. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just wanted to make a quick point that we also want to break. Uh, want to. Um, I'll blend in with the locals as well, and we don't want any interference or undue complications. Kara taps on the pad in front of her. You said that they use biotechnology. Is there anything you can tell us about it? I'm a biologist, so I may be able to use whatever information you give me to scan the system and perhaps find any hidden ships. You're muted, Q. I was muted. This time it was. We needed like a special jingle for that. <laughs> no, right? 
at the time, it was totally me that was muted um, because I uh, because Duncan made me laugh right when um, and water went down. Uh, the and, oh man, I coughed a lot and and laughed a lot. And anyway, um, uh, uh, what was the question? Sorry, Car was Can we asking for the. Car was oh, asking for. Information on the biotechnology they use, since she's a biologist and might be able to use that to scan Ooh. for anything, find weaknesses, etc. She's, I mean, bio, xenobiology is her thing. Weird, weird creatures is her gig. So he says, "You'd have to come aboard." That's largely classified and redacted information. Power looks yeah. over at the captain. Permission, sir. I would ask the uh, our our uh I actually don't know his name. I don't. Uh who? Uh the corn captain. Siresh. Okay. I would ask Siresh that question. Kara stands and respectfully, you know, looks over at the captain. Permission to come aboard, sir. Absolutely. I will beam hey, over once uh, the meeting is over. Very well. We'll expect you. I'll, uh, the, uh, the matron comes and it looks like she sits. Um, so the holograms are hard to like, you know, she definitely sits on the Gorn captain's lap. Um, and says, I'll have my team ready in 10 minutes. Uh, Graves tries not to give any signal that it, something is going wrong. And, um, this says, very well. Quiet. I noticed. <laughs> I'm only born captain. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm done the like stuff. Have a plan. Says I've sent your uh, I've sent your teams what needs to be scanned for close up, um, and uh, he can look into all three leaders and what teams uh, we might want to send. So, uh, Captain, before the uh, meeting is closed. Do you have a sample of local technology that uh, we can analyze to um, mimic? Aside uh, uh, from the disruptor weapons that we have sent down, uh, not more. He says, aside from the disruptor weapons, we have sent down 68 total in number. Their, their technology largely depends on air-powered slug throwers. Um, they, they have a compression technology um, that works uh, much in the same way that uh, ballistic weapons of many, of many empires have in the past. If I may suggest, uh, Engineer... It's also possible that we may be able to gather bits of technology from junkyards, middens. I'm not sure what you would call them, but surely things break, and when they break, they throw them away, and they wouldn't notice if we helped ourselves to a bit. In moderation. Well, I wasn't suggesting bring up the whole junkyard, sir, she says with a smile. <laughs> Isn't considered cute to the... that. 
a few Focus. Okay. household items would, would uh, definitely give us an idea of, of um, general aesthetic. That, and we'll send you. Uh, we'll, we'll send you all of the scans we have taken the few times we have come to this planet. So you can look for d ways to disguise the scanners. Uh, I, meanwhile, will consult with your scientist on perhaps ways to scan for their ships. I had not, in fact, thought... Uh, um, I had not, in fact, thought to scan for their biotechnology. That is a uh, very good idea. Because I will see you all in... Well, I will see you. He he gestures to you, Car. He's like, I will see you in a few minutes then. And uh, the rest of you, uh, the best of luck. Um, uh, you can see at the uh, at the back end, like walking away from the hollow camera. You can see the Orion woman walking away from the uh, from the camera. And um, a general tech level was basically like. Uh, there, uh, we were in the mid-20th century. Captain, Basically, if yeah. I may make a suggestion. I? Uh, if we need to disguise our scanners in some manner, um, back in Earth history, there were, um, well, we have the FN and reporters now have small hollow recorders. Um, they used essentially what was a large wire recording system that would be large enough to contain pretty much any sensing device we would need for a close-range scan. So I would suggest the away team perhaps be some form of reporter what covering would be the, the event. Uh, what would be the social – well, Right now, we're that, not coming. That actually, uh, that actually lines up. They, they have. Uh, they're not exactly reporters. They, they are, but there's nothing that resembles news networks coming from down there. What they have is like on the minute reporting by citizens all the time. It's kind of like blog culture taken to an extreme. I was okay. going to say they so skip straight to blogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's just say because or that yeah, um that we've gotten that cultural information uh weight leaf scan, so we're good on that. Because my question was gonna be what's it gonna look like if we're trying to record a or record a private residence of some kind of official that we are investigating. So um yeah, Graves gives his go ahead under the circumstances. Okay. Um, so we're going to need roles from Rick Tier and Quentin. Quentin, you are uh, going to be um, basically affecting the information that the Gorn is sending you about scanning for these creatures. Now, um, when, uh, when you do, it's possible to get... Uh, it, it's possible for two successes to equal good things. That's a, you know, um, it's, 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 it's almost like I would be giving you a free information spend if you get two successes. Um, and uh, that's because you're taking the, uh, the data on how to scan for these things and like 
perfecting them, uh, perfecting what the Gorn have already started to do that they haven't been able to deploy. Um, and Riktir, you need to make a role for disguising these scanners as something innocuous uh, within their culture. So who success is? That's a beautiful thing, Cast. Um, uh, so the first success ensures that you can... Um, uh, that, oh, that you can um, translate the Gorn work. Um, go ahead, Rick. To you. Uh, don't don't worry. I was I was just. Um... I was going to say the the first uh, the first success ensures that you can translate the Gorn's work and you can translate the Gorn's work and at the, you know get the inform get get your scanners set to receive that information, but. Um, Second success means that you are the first one, whether anybody else believes them or not, Gorn are not wrong. Creature that you are scanning for have to, like, pull up some pretty old data that's behind, like, one level of redaction in order to, like, get something to actually compare it to. But they're creature there that the Gorn have prepared to scan for are the creature that um creature that were encountered by Voyager in the in the Delta Quadrant. You you have no doubt that's what that's what they're looking for you to scan for down there. Um you even have a picture in your head of what they might look like um in their native form being the three legged three armed um yeah they're the first one to come to that knowledge quentin there you go there you go you have a good picture in your mind species 8472 um and um rick what do you roll for making the uh things appear as if they are uh, uh an engineering role essentially control to make because it would be all control about engineering control engineering totally works um i'm going to use my determination and okay. use my knowledge and its careful application to solve anything value to awesome Very do good. an extra good job at this okay so i'll start with two ex two successes and i will roll uh Uh, so this is uh, control engineering, which is now 16. Uh, do I have my experimental technology focus, or does that would that not count? Um, that would not count. This is something that um, Starfleet engineers have had to do throughout history. They've had to disguise something as some. Um, Three successes. Five total. That's insane. Wow. One. Two. Three momentum built because two of them do get you something. The first is you can um, you can incorporate uh, the scanners that you need into clothing. Uh, if you needed to, you can make you can make them small, and you can make them very easy to disguise. Um, 
the second su- the the second success there um, means uh, what would be the next best thing. Um, uh, whatever the equivalent, whatever the equivalent of getting like a plus one on your scans with them, that's what you get. You like get an extra die on your. You, you get three dice when you scan with them on the planet. Okay, can I can I use an, uh, two of those to create another advantage? Um, let's say an extra long range. Like instead of being up just sure. being up close, maybe expand the range. Sure. And you guys still have four determinate or four uh, momentum built up. Okay, I love it. The other person that, I was going to say the other person that needs to make a role is a medical officer, and you guys have, um, you guys have two med- you guys have two backup medical officers. Let me look at uh, who they are here. Um, one Ed is the, is the um, Tellerite. Ed is the Tellerite, and there is a physician's assistant who will actually be doing it. Uh, female Andorian. I don't think we have a name for her yet. Um, also, she, just to uh, point out, as a trained and licensed psychiatrist, uh, Waitley is also a medical doctor. Right on. Um, uh, they actually, um, at your suggestion, the Andorian woman, let's come up with a name for her right now. Um, I like the idea that we have like a backup doctor, kind of like Dr. Uh, I remember her name from Next Gen, Ogawa. Um, that was her name, I think. Um, oh, she started out as a nurse, but she did eventually become a yeah, doctor. She came up. She became like the backup doctor kind of thing. Um, see, uh, what is a good Andorian name? Um, on, don't let's see. Um, there we go. Make it impronounceable. Zerij. Zerij. I like that. Um, that's her name. It sounds like something Calvin Klein would name a cologne. And that's like that's like one of her four names, basically. <laughs> she's she's uh but but she goes by uh Zarij. And uh she is a competent physician's assistant. She's not quite as competent as um as a chief medical officer. So um however the ship will be able to add a die to this. Um can Waitley assist? Bailey can assist as well. Um, what am I rolling? Uh, you would be rolling. Let me look. Um, be rolling. Uh, reason medicine. So eleven and four, fifteen, with a, a, a critical range of one. Oh, yeah. I think that worked. Yeah, it did. Holy shit. Um. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, we should have the ship rolled. Um, I am. I'm doing it right now. Uh, that's the full range of uh, one. What? what is it? What did I do wrong? You don't need to put roll. Oh, Okay. And, and it's a target number, not the yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah that's that's a success. So um, yeah, um, you have five Orions, matron, 
comes aboard and um, who greets the five Orions who come aboard? Lieutenant uh, Tardigrade. I, I was thinking it probably should be like one of the command staff at the very least. <laughs> you do uh, you have the captain of their ship coming on board. Oh, uh, yeah, it's the captain. So <laughs> I'd take Kendra uh, and Lieutenant Tardigrade. I want Lieutenant there just because he is very alien and probably wouldn't be affected by pheromones in case they have anything to get past any security measures we have. Okay. Um, okay. Um, um, baby asleep in lap. So Larissa and Lieutenant Tardigrade okay. go down. Um, and they, they escort uh, the matron and she brings... Four male Orions really, really seem, uh, she is the boss, there's no doubt, um, as they are trans, as they are escorted to the sick bay, where, um, anyone on your crew who's going to be going down to the planet, so I imagine it's going to be Kendra, Waitley, um, Kara could certainly be, uh, Quinn. Kara's going to be on the other ship, so... Akara's on the other ship for the moment. Um, while all of this is happening, Akara's doing something on the other ship, so you'll still be available to go on the away team as well. Um, so people oh. will be getting um, surgeries done where your legs are being shortened, or skin is being tinted, and your hair, your hair and skin are being tinted um, in order to make you look like the residents of this. Uh, uh, in order to make you look, um, it, do, it does sound painful, but Starfleet makes it not painful at all. Um, <laughs> I don't know how it's 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 a science magic, medical science magic. It's not painful, but they're making you and these Orions look like the people that exist on that planet. And so I'm going to make a roll now. Um, oh, we I, we just made the roll. Um, that many successes, uh, that's one, two, one, two. You guys are, it's six is maximum, Baz, yes, uh, momentum. Uh, six is maximum momentum, yes. You guys are at max momentum. Um, you guys have built up to max momentum. Um, and um, at the same time, um, Kara, you get to experience something that not very many Starfleet officers do. You go to the transporter room with your, um, you know, with your, I, I assume your science kit, right? You probably take a phaser just in case, you know, you well, probably take she your always has her phaser. phaser so. I was going to say, you probably take your special phaser just in case. And um, the transporter chief looks up and he goes, um, Our, the, Gorn, the Gorn ship is ready, Lieutenant. Thank you. Ready to energize. He uh, presses the buttons. You see the transporter deck of the Reliant disappear in a silvery haze. Um, and in front of you, a darker and larger. Um, there's just a sense of um, creatures that live on this ship are bigger than most. Gorn are probably one of the biggest, like... In terms of sheer physical size, they are one of the biggest creatures that, you know, 
um, that are out there. And that means that their hallways, their transporter, the, the ceilings in their ship, everything just looks immense to you. And, and to be you fair, Kara's kind of short. To be fair, I was thinking that as well. I was like, and Kara, she's not like super tall. <laughs> so, um, and uh, the, uh, the, the, you do see a Gorn who is, uh, he is wearing a very similar armor to the one that is standing in front of the transporter pad with his hands clasped in front of him. It's the one that you saw in the, uh, in the hologram. And he says, Welcome aboard, Lieutenant. I, um, I'm sorry I can't just share the information with you, and I'm also not going to let you see very much outside of this room. But, uh, we can, uh, I can't just openly give you everything that we have. We can together go through specific information on their biotechnology and find something to scan, scan for. Oh, uh, actually, he doesn't say lieutenant. He says ensign. That's right. You wear an ensign pad. <laughs> Funny thing is, she was actually going to bashfully correct him. But he'd be like, oh, it's actually ensign, sir. Duncan couldn't let that one go in chat. That's awesome. Oh, man. Um, that's well, you see, that was the funny thing is that Kara was going to correct him anyway and actually be kind of, you know, embarrassed about it by the Gorn thinking she was more important than he, she is. And he says, so, um, here, and he calls up on uh, very consoles uh, too tall for you um, to comfortably know use and uh in in order to facilitate that he touches a button on the wall and um it looks like he's kind of like guessing at your like size basically and the floor underneath the floor right in front of the console that he's expecting you to use rises up like a like a large plate of it rises up so that you can step up and use console he says this is the information that we have found about their biotechnology the weapons are mainly what we've been concerned with they're the things that hit us and he sends you a bunch of information about undine biotechnology and you may make a science uh, uh yeah, let me go to the drive and figure can out I, what just wanted to break in real quick first off the rising platform is neat but can i get captain suresh to actually make an insight roll because Kara is visibly nervous, and I want to see if he can figure out why. Sure. I can do that. The, t the second number you put in is the target number? Uh, first number is correct? target number. Second number is... Number is critical, is critical range. Okay. Oh, I did that wrong. <laughs> you almost had it right. Almost. Uh, 2D20, 14-3. Zero successes. He doesn't pick up on it. He doesn't okay. even pick up on the fact that you're nervous. He's just... Uh, That's probably kind of good all, enough, then. <laughs> he's kind of all business, um, and you can tell... At, uh, the thing that's easy to tell is there are a lot of file like there are a lot of files in this section of uh, the database that he's letting you have a peek at 
um, that that he a lot of files that he is not opening up for you to see. And the first ones he's opening up, he he says mostly we've been interested in what their weapons capabilities are and where that all comes from. We've managed to salvage one of their cannons, one of their cannons. And Sarah waves him over, and as she starts to tap on the thing, she says, "I understand that the teeth may be important." But when you're tracking an animal, the important thing is always what they leave behind, sir. And she starts looking up if they have anything on the engine technology. Because if these are creatures, they're going to have to, well, excrete. And they probably do so most often while, you know, in flight. Oh, that is super neat. I like it. Um, uh... I mean, yeah, I still have to I mean, roll. I just wanted to mention how I, I'm doing I was this. Say, I like it. I, I really like that. Make a... Uh, um, I'm not... Uh, roll 2d10. Your target number is 10. And your... Uh, uh, Roll 2d10, not 2d20? 2d20, that's what I mean, sorry. Roll 2d20, your target number is 10, and 3 is your critical number because you have anthropology. Uh, Would anyone mind if I spent some of our momentum to increase this? Uh, go for it. We have 6 momentum, yes? Yes. I would, like to use two of, I would like to use 2 of them to get 2 extra dice. There you go. It would be 3 for us. For the second, uh, it costs two for the second. Guys, we'll still have three, so there you go. Get two more dice. Okay. Boom. Two successes. Woo! Kara is very careful, what? by the way, while doing all this to make sure that Ceres is watching and she's. Uh, let me tell you. Carefully trying to explain it to him without sounding condescending, and she's, you know, she's like, "Okay, this is the information you're giving me. Here's what I can see." Presence command. The specialty in anthropology being, um, how how well can I understand how this uh, Gorn is reacting to the things I'm saying, um, and you just convinced him, and he says idea. He unlocks like three more folders and files and he slides like it's uh, almost um, I, I have this cool image of my mind of him like opening up the files on this terminal that he's using and sliding the file toward you and having it like slide onto your terminal. You suddenly have this file that is uh wish you could make a copy of it because it details um it details what their engineering teams have been able to glean about the uh about the recovered engine debris from the undine ships um you after she has those very... files car just basically goes through it and in layman's terms documents the biology of it and explains to him what might you know, what probable, what's the word I'm looking for? What probable waste products and other things would be discarded from it and thus might be trackable? This is where uh, everything that Kara is good at pays off. Um, 
where, where, where am I? There we go. Everything that Car is good at pays off because you have reason and uh, science bringing you to 15 is your target number. And Xeno, no, bi xenobiology won't work. Um, Why not? This is definitely alien act, biology. You're absolutely correct. Um, so four is your critical. Uh, is your critical number. What's my target? Uh, 15. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good chance. That's, that's like three quarters. Three successes. <laughs> you just, uh, you just build back two of the, uh, you're about, you guys are back up to five momentum because you really only needed one success. And uh, for the record, Kara is actually slightly trembling during all this and being overly formal because after the comment during the meeting, she doesn't want to cause a diplomatic incident by being too familiar with Suresh. I, and uh, I like that. I like that a lot. And um, he doesn't see, he, let, let me, let me roll two dice for him. Cause he, he actually is a, he, he is a scientist. He's just not quite as good a scientist as you are. Um, well, to be fair, you accidentally, my specialty. He uh, he 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 doesn't see it when you do, but you have no problem finding what these ships would leave as a, uh, a you know as a in their wake. What would these ships leave? Um, what kind of excrement would they leave? And um, once you find it and you show it to him, he says, "We should all get our scanners adjusted. Send this to your ship." And I'll send it. To, uh, I'll send it to my companions as well. Work. Thank you, Captain. She, she, while he's watching, very carefully copies out how she needs to adjust the sensors and what they're looking for, and shows him that she is not copying any of the rest. Right on. Right on. I like that a lot. You just earned a lot of respect with Captain Suresh. Um, and. Um, those things all being uh, being completed. A anyone who is going to the planet now, which I expect to be all of you, except for Marcus, probably. You you had said, yeah. I want to be on the ship. Um, yeah, Marcus um, hasn't actually been on the bridge that much throughout all this. So, um, especially with the possibility that they'll have a really major incident, he needs to be in the command spot. Right. Either to pull the team out or react to the ship coming Larissa can Larissa does not fit the uh, profile of being able to uh, have her appearance changed at a holographic emitter and um, for whatever reason she seems to not like that idea as thinking it's not as stable as the as the genetic manipulation that you know that that the doctors are doing and so that being said a whole bunch of you are short oompa loompa people um, seriously. Kara um, is busy looking at herself in the mirror. I don't except, like except um instead of one like the Oompa Loompas were all like one color like of like cartoonish orange. And in this case, your your various parts of your face and hands and arms all are different like you're sh it's almost like you're shaded like a like a like a drawing um but uh, it looks a lot cooler than i'm able to describe it even wait a minute uh, we're shaded Kara yeah. starts singing take on me 
Um, not not quite that stated. <laughs> um, but yes, you look, um, you're shorter by a good deal, and you're mostly like an orange kind of... Uh, a range of various orange colors. The uh, uh, the operations team have replicated a number of uh, number of native native passing clothing, which basically consists of uh, a combination of suits. And mm, so medieval kind of like poet shirts and like flashy big pants along with like suits over like suit jackets over that that are big and pompous. Um, uh, But some of them aren't quite like there's there's a there's there's a range of. uh, color it's used there mostly in the gray tones and um it's kind of more of an amber there you go that's a great way to describe it theta thank you um the color of the uh the color of the skin that they've given you is kind of an amber um and all of you are uh you know getting used to and um matron dara uh comes walking over and says you know, I've had the doctor. She looks over at the Andorian, and she she's speaking to Kendra. Um, because you uh, you know, when when you all began the procedure, you have, you know, you you your 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 badge has the your badge has the highest rank numbers on it, and um, she says, um, I'll, I'll let you know, and you can verify it with doctor yourself. Um, I uh, I had in considering that I'm going amongst the native population, I had him give me a pheromone blocker to make all of you more comfortable. We need to see this succeed. Now, do you want me to keep my team all together, or will we be combining forces and going in different directions? I think an integrated approach might work best. That way, if there's a problem, we can communicate with both types of ships. So uh, let's go ahead and split our people up uh, as evenly as possible so we can coordinate that way. So we got three targets to go to. So let's, yeah, just buddy up. Targets and nine people. I think it's awesome. Okay, let me Let me count again. One, two, Three targets and nine people. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be for them. It's going to be a. Uh, it's going to be two and one, two and one, and then it's just going to flip for who has the most. Because I think it's our four to their five. Your four to their five, exactly. Oh, what's up can with you your mic? Can you guys hear me? Nope. Now I can hear you. Okay, because I was talking before. <laughs> I didn't hear you before, and now I hear you. It, it didn't come through. I think I, I unplugged everything and plugged it back in. That might be why. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, so what's up? Um, Link has been reestablished. No, it's good. I just, it, it wasn't an important bit of dialogue. I just realized that you guys weren't actually hearing me. Oompa loompas. 
you're all actually looking a little bit like Oompa Loompas right now. It's, <laughs> me- it's, meant, it's meant to have a bit of humor to it. Um, <laughs> Kara yeah. is decidedly uncomfortable. She, well, she doesn't recognize herself to be literal. Mm-hmm. She looks over at the the chaplain. We may all need a little counseling after this. Just, anyway, just... He, he, uh, he gives you a, a brief look, kind of tilts his head to the side. Just a very split second gives a little mischievous grin and starts doing the dance as he walks along. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, this is either the worst or the best Star Trek episode ever, and I love it. Can't it be both? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think it's I mean, we'll definitely get there if we can get the Tardigrade Pope in this, but he's just going to be standing by on reserve at the bridge with Oakland. You just got the chaplain to make a joke. I think this constitutes the best. (laughs) Also, real quick, you just said that the Tardigrade in the Pope outfit is sitting on the bridge, right? Oh yeah, and he's also got yeah. Um, he's got. So Oakley's if someone hails us, they're gonna see him. Yes. <laughs> Very true statement. They will see the tardigrade in a pope outfit on the bridge. Well, he's just got a bathrobe and he's got a uh, probe stuck yeah. to his head. So I mean, it's for Federation ship. He might just blend in as just like, oh, it's another alien species bridge officer. So now, um, let's refresh the three leaders that we have. We have the. Um, the one that has been armed with disruptors that has a very nationalistic bent, um, very reminiscent of um, fascism uh, throughout history. Um, you have one that is kind of like this hippie sort of philosophy, um, but it's it's a different kind of thing. It's kind of like peace through uh, the eradication. It, like they want peace. They they totally would probably accept peace, but at the, at the current moment, because it's just kind of the way their species works, the 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 one who's kind of like this like hippie-ish leader among them, um, he's kind of like uh, peace by eliminating all of the not peaceful. Um, and then there was a female leader, and what had I told you guys about her? She was the one who made contact with the Orions, if I remember right. Mm, was that? I do remember yeah, she was the, the woman. Yeah, the fact yeah, that we had like a, Then we had one that was sort of the most nominal, like, good guy, and he was basically sort of like a really extreme gorilla type figure, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Ha, huh, good guy. Gorilla, he, yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, and um, so the the question is, uh, what what groups are going to eat space? How are you going to separate yourselves? If I recall correctly, the female leader had almost a cult around her. I I remember when Waitley was, you know, listening to the people. There was an almost reverence for her and her leadership. They they believe in her, yes. I'm thinking Waitley might be best suited going there because I have a feeling his particular talents are going to be most useful dealing with, you know, angry cultish mob. 
Uh, I mean, yeah. Rick might also be good going there, since if he, if there is some kind of psychic or other influence going on, he is actually pretty um, resilient to that kind of thing as well. I guess while we're at it, I volunteer Kara to go after the gorilla guy then, since he's probably going to be in the middle of nowhere, and middle of nowhere, jungly, weird animal places is her thing. Bately, Rick Tier. And then Orion, um, he introduces himself, his name, I actually, I, I actually have a name for him. Um, where did I write it down? Ah, there they are. He, he introduces himself as Barris, E-A-R-U-S. Um, he'll, uh, do what he can to keep you alive. That's what he says. Um, so Tiger that's the... going to... So... There. Kendra's going to stay with um I can't remember what her her name is, but the Orion. Ah, Dara. She yes. is she is so delighted. <laughs> she wants to bring um uh two of her Orions along with you, Tannen and Vesk. Just to check, did any of the stuff I say came through before? I think so. Um, saying that you were going to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that uh, Discord that, froze up while I was saying that, so I just wanted to make sure. That and I was going to say that leaves us with Kara and Quentin going to. Uh, let's see. So that's one. And uh, Kara and Quentin. Going with uh, one of the Orions named Orlek. Um, he says, look, I'm not a brawler. Um, way better shooting things from far away. Um, and so uh, the first of your teams, um, actually, if... Um, Get a uh, you get a signal from the Gorn ship. Captain Suresh wants to uh, uh, is asking permission to come aboard to see the teams away. Um, he just wants to uh, make sure that they at, at both teams, including uh, and he he probably sends this last part only to Marcus Graves, uh, and he wants to be there so that the Orions are aware this is an operation that he is. Uh, that that this is a joint operation and they should behave themselves. Um, he okay, wants. Sorry. Uh, sorry about that. I was just typing into chat more of the Oogaloomba Ryan I've got going on right now. <laughs> yeah, um, the Gorn captain is asking to come aboard to be present when the teams beam down, so that the Orions recognize that um, as the commander of this small fleet, it's a joint operation that he is signed off on and is uh, that they should behave themselves. Righto. Okay, so he is there when your uh when your teams beam off of the ship. Now the first of the teams that we see appear on the planet is um Quentin, Ara, and an Orion named Orlek indeed appearing not exactly like a dense, overgrown jungle, 
it's not exactly a jungle. It's more of a thick forest. Or like uh, the the color shirt he is wearing actually is kind of like a red brown color for sure. Um, and uh, the jungle is more of like a it's a thick forest in some directions. And in one primary direction, there's a large area of grassland that would remind you of um, Lion King. Um, like when you look out over it, the sun is actually pretty high up in the sky. Like the star of this system is, you know, uh, very visible up there in the sky. And. You, you just hear the sounds of life echoing across this big area of plains and your uh, tricorders and, uh, you know, geographical locators, etc., are telling you that the city you're the, the city that you're beaming in close to, which seems to be a city that is centered around a monument, like a large monument that takes up two blocks. There's a city that surrounds a large monument, and you're about, yep, uh, you are about um, uh, uh, two miles from, two to two and a half miles away from the city. You beam in uh, with forest around you. Uh, it'll be... Um, It'll be three hours in 27 minutes. Oh. Um, it is a decent point um, to stop if we're wanting to stop at two and a half. I'm, I'm good. Um, but I do want to describe each location that you guys are beaming into, if, if that's cool. I'm cool um, to go forward. I just I don't want to push but, anyone past what they want. Yeah, you know? just I think we can get by with just a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think it would be a good point to stop once we sort of get to everyone, set everyone up, then just have a bit of drama to lead out on. I like it. Um, I, just was, I was just asking because I figured once we start combat, it's going to go for a while. <laughs> the captain has spoken. Right, if, if combat occurs. Um, so Kara, Quentin, and Orlek, you have about a two, two and a half mile hike to get to the city, and Orlek looks over and says, I have to admit color terrible i do feel better without the plates in my head for today at least you have Our no smiles. idea what he's talking you may have no you may have seen orion's with plates in their head oh she knows no idea. <laughs> but he's like i do feel better without the plates in my head today at least and the she next looks back, she looks back at orlek even better, our whole coming down here might not mean anything if they can track the ship in orbit. Point. And the next place that we see is a um, place that's, that, uh, that I would describe to look like um, large, uh, largely European art sort of architecture in that kind of like squared building sort of uh, way of building things, if you know what I'm talking about. Stonework, but the stones don't look like familiar stones. Um, it's a city for certain, and it's a big one. 
there are a lot of people that are in there and from a from a perspective of someone who doesn't live here walking in and up to a city here um we have uh we have Kendra and Dara and two other Orions that that she brought with her and um she actually stops upon like getting uh getting into view of the city. Um it's not exactly what you would call a walled city, but the um way the buildings that appear to like look out uh the buildings that look out over what certainly is uh, either the sea or a very large like inland sea of some kind um way that the the buildings are placed together and whole place seems to have kind of a sense of a, a hundred year old history of being a city that has been defended and so the buildings are just based in such a way that it almost looks like a walled city. And what you have to imagine is that there's hundreds, maybe thousands of people living here. It, it, thousands, definitely. And um, the level of technology that exists here, everything is kind of like air piston driven, kinetically driven um, explosive air charges drive everything. So you see a lot of these what are basically cars. They they don't look exactly like we would imagine a car would look. They are um, they are smaller and they are more fit for the size that your bodies are now. You see little Loompas. Crawl like it, it's almost like you're seeing the city with the Oompa Loompas in it moving about doing all of their daily business and Dara just stops looking at the city for a moment. What do you do, Kendra? Her men stop behind her. Do Kendra. Muted. She might be busy with baby. She might be busy with baby. That is true. It's not, you know, whatever whatever she does there, um, basically Dara's reaction is going to be to take a moment to get past the giggle that she's going to have right now. Because she's got to walk in there and make it seem like nothing's up. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> and elsewhere... In a uh, elsewhere in a very very opulent setting, um, imagine multi-layer, not just stonework, but beautiful stonework that has mosaics and paintings and colored glass swirled about and into it, um, and. Uh, uh, walkways in this other area, this area that I'm describing now are just, they're just really beautiful. Um, and um, it's not, it wasn't hard to put you 
very close to the city in an area. It's one of those classic um, POS uh, beam-in moments as um, the disguised Waitley, Rick Tear, and Barris like we hear like we we hear the transporter sound and then they come walking out of an alleyway and this is uh this is an area that is you can immediately see what she looks like she's Probably very classically beautiful by these people's standards. Oh, feel better, Kendra. Absolutely. Um, we're, 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 um, we're, we're right here describing the last parts and, and just feel better. Rest well. Um, the, um, so for Wayley, Rick, and Barris, the, uh, a, the, the, the woman that obviously everyone in this area uh believes in is um middle-aged sharp features and um sharp features uh, as sharp as a um as, as sharp as a young shape and have it's it's her face is is rounded with just um you can tell where her che- you can really tell where her cheeks are and like her chin might like might stand out it does stand out a little bit at least in this photograph of her it's a sepia tone photograph is the first thing that the three of you see and um People are going about their business here in a combination of piston-powered vehicles, and there are these six-legged horses that are kind of dark gray in color with white near their hooves that pull other carriages of people around, and there is kind of a, 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 a feeling of, aside from people themselves this place doesn't uh, uh doesn't have a lot of uh, variation in style most people are dressed very plainly in um looks like their station in life is not very good um they wear gray clothing and most of it looks the same um, from person to person, uh, it's kind of maybe a, a signed sort of clothing or a easy to come by sort of clothing. And in fact, as you walk by uh, something that looks like it might be a store of some kind, um, that's literally the only thing that's on sale um, at this place. And you can see a, a large banner that has. The image of the woman who rules this area of the world, um, and she looks just like a very serious, uh, stern, middle-aged oompa loompa. They don't have green hair. I mean, there is that to bear in mind. Their their orange skinned or hair looks like it is, you know, it's sepia tone, but it looks like it's dark with white highlights. I believe and, the phrasing here is. Similar to, but legally distinct from. Right? (laughs) Um, And those are the three areas in which um, 
in which all of you appear. Um, Captain Suresh, uh, uh, once, uh, once he has a moment to say a word or two to, um, to Graves before he leaves again, he, he says to Graves, he says, thank you for not making this turn into an incident. I'm glad we could find some kind of mutual arrangement here. Let's hope our teams are successful. And he beams back to his own ship. And we leave it there with next time being the away missions and what happens on board the ship as uh, as you deal with three different rulers knowing that at least according to the spy among you and the, uh, the mental health expert among you, um, knowing that according to them... This shapeshifter is probably close to one of the one of those leaders. We shall find the Kamekuf. Which I think yeah, we will find them. 